0: Hello and welcome into the Sumner County Football Coaches Show podcast. Zach Williams here, and then usually we would have Greg Arias here, but we we upgraded. We upgraded tonight. We have one Mr. Joe Townsend in the house here, and of course we're live from Demas' here in Hendersonville on the Sumner County Football Coaches Show podcast, live on Facebook, also on WHIN Radio, but you might be listening to it any other way. You could be listening to it later because even though we're live right now, Joe, we can also hear it later on any kind of platform, whether that's Apple Music, SoundCloud, however you want to listen to your podcast, go find WHIN Radio and you're able to do it that way whether you're listening live and you're not going to be able to stay the whole time uh, or if you want to just hear it later or whatever you're doing, you just find WHIN Radio and all the social media platforms and you'll be able to find the Sumner County Football Coaches Show podcast, which this is the final episode of, Joe. You're joining in at just the right time, man. And and I'm glad to be here. You got the stash going, too. Yes. Did it just for the show. Did it just for the show. And, of course, uh, on the Sumner County Football Coaches Show podcast we talk about, well, the games that happened and then the games that are going to happen, but the games that are going to happen are not going to happen right now for Sumner County. It's going to be a little bit as Hendersonville and Beach both went out in the playoffs last week in the round two, uh, but before we get any deeper in, I want to talk to you all about Demas's here in Hendersonville. They've been our sponsor for the entirety of this podcast and we thank them so much for one, hosting us, and then two, on top of that, keeping us letting us come back every week and feeding us. I mean, they have such a good wide range menu, but also the best part of their menu, it is completely cooked to order. There's no, there's no trying to, uh, you know, you're not going to come in and you're going to get a, a a meal that was cooked four hours ago and they're going to heat it up in a bag or something like that. It's good food. It's good food. It's real good food, and it's also something that is fresh. And they've done that. They want to show how fresh their menu has become. The way the way they did that, they changed their logo, Joe. They changed it from a maroon logo to a green logo to, it, to really emphasize how fresh everything is here at Demas's in Hendersonville. So make sure you're coming down here, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard here in Henderson and say thank you for them because they're supporting not only, you know, WHIM, but they're also supporting Sumner County football as a whole in making this happen where we're able to have a space every week and then come on here and talk to you about all the fun that has had happened here in the Sumner County football area. And, Joe, through your illustrious career, obviously, as a player, uh, but also now a commentator, what did you think? Let's just dive into uh, uh, this past Friday matchup. You and I were on the call, Blackman versus Hendersonville. Did you have any main thoughts that you brought away from that? Or, or really, actually, let's, let's go even further, Joe. Let's go even further. As the season, from what we've seen from the Commandos, what were your thoughts on, one, getting the high press box view now of how the Commandos went throughout their entirety season, of course, the region championship, and then second round of the playoff loss to Blackman?
1: Well, I thought there was progress all throughout the season. Um, big thing f- to me that stood out was the first three games without Logan Spurrier. Mm. You know, I think there was a big uh, difference once he, he was healthy. Yeah. He brought a lot to the field, uh, both sides of the football. And then, um, you know, they just had guys that battle. They do. They have some – you know, they're not the biggest guys, but they're just tough. You yeah. Know, and they play hard and – I know they're coachable, and uh, you know they were fortunate enough to come away with a uh, region championship. You know,
0: and you really can't ask much more of that. Other than obviously, past that, then you want to go further in the playoffs. Obviously, but uh, to be a five and five season, to end up at five and five and the region championship—I mean, that's that's got to feel good, knowing what happened in the middle of the season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you can get a championships big, you know, obviously they lost some games that weren't weren't region games that, you know, they 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 could have easily won and they could have helped, you know, with a lot of different things throughout the season, but they won the games that mattered as far as the region win and you know, they had two home playoff games. Um, this year which yeah. is big. You That's know, huge they they didn't itself. they didn't, you know, advance past the second round, but it's still big to make an appearance and to make it at home. You know, it's big for the program and it's big for the young kids that are coming back.
0: Yeah and you know coming Obviously, I believe it's 23 seniors that the Commandos are going to be losing from this season. And, of course, Coach Beasley is here, Coach James Beasley, that is, uh, is here. And he will be able to talk more about what happened in, uh, you know, the season as a whole and then what's going to happen in the Ford. But uh, before we get on any further through the Commandos, because we're going to have a lot of heavy Commandos talk as it is, because we won't have any Beach representatives here in today's show. Uh, so we kind of, as it is, we might be the worst people to talk about Beach <laughs> right now because we had no, we, I mean, we were, all, we were all in on 100.7 and on the commandos game correct uh but for beach themselves they end up finishing 11 and one i believe that's what yeah they would have been 11 and one they had the loss against shelbyville central last week uh and finishing a season 11 and one they also got a region championship how funny is that just uh, beach finishes 11 and one they end up with a region championship and that's it hendersville five and five region championship second round loss same way as beach but Shows you different. Yeah. What we kinda say?
1: talked about it earlier. Um I, I I kinda remember talking about it a little bit um towards the end of the season about just the way the, the districts and the regions are organized, yeah. you know, and the way those are set up. You know, mm-hmm. the coaches they have no control over that. You know? Exactly. They they gotta play what they're given and you know it, it like at the end of the day, all that matters is you win that championship. Yeah. You know, and whether it's five and five or, you know, ten and oh, you still won. Obviously, yeah. you'd like to do it in a 10-0 fashion. You know, that looks much better. But let me tell you something. What's also disappointing is going 10-0 and then, or 11-0 and then losing in that second round. Mm-hmm. Not that I, we, I was never in that position personally, but I could only imagine, you know, <laughs> yeah. being perfect for so long right. and then having your season come up short. That's got to be – that's got to hurt too.
0: And we talked about this more with Greg Arias in the last edition of the Sumner County Football Coaching Show podcast is that, you know, that, that second side of their region. Uh, was a lot stronger, featuring. I mean, we, even with Beach, they end up six to three in a game uh, against. Uh, uh, I believe it was Columbia's who they faced off I could be wrong on that. Whoever I can't remember who they played in their first round, but they end up in that game was Beach, yeah, Columbia. It was okay, so yeah. and they end up facing off in there, trying to you know move on to that when they win in a game of 6-3. That alone, I mean, you're talking about the lowest seed taking on the top seed, and they're pushing you that close. And then Shelbyville Central, I know Beach lost that one in the final 20 seconds. A touchdown scored. It shows you how real congruent and just tough that region is as a whole on the other side of the table. And that's the one thing about these playoffs is that there really is no way to get away from <laughs> the other side of the region because you're going to have to meet some of these killers. It's really kind of considerable too to what Hendersonville and their region uh, you know you have Hendersonville and Mount Juliet, obviously, in that side that are strong, but then on the other side you have oakland
1: <laughs> yeah which, absolutely, and yeah.
0: Blackman and, and Cookville, even who these teams they all play each other, and it 's just iron sharpening iron that uh playing that other side of the reason sometimes gets a little tough,
1: yeah, absolutely, whether you meet them in the regular season you know or not you 're going to eventually you know meet them if you're lucky enough to go that far exactly so it's you know i, I don 't know how they do this this the the brackets. Mm. You know, the I, I don't really know much about that and what they what, what all goes into how they do that, but I would like to know. And yeah, I you think know, they just could,
0: take the top four of each region side, right, each side of the region, and then no, they, I'm not talking about the oh. playoff
1: brackets. I'm talking about like the scheduling. Oh, like yeah, how yeah. they how they pair the regions and and, mm. and, and put those together. Because I mean, I think they've changed two or three times since I've played. Yeah, and that was nine years ago. So
0: jeez, it was nine years. ago. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. That's weird. Yeah. Well, you know, it still though for the Beach Buccaneers. You, it is another positive season in the sense that they end up with a championship. They obviously wanted to go further than they did last season. Uh, I think they made it just one game shy of getting to that same reach they got to last season where they got knocked out. I believe it was Henry County is who they ended up getting knocked off from. But, you know, as a whole still for the Beach Buccaneers on WHIN radio, uh, it was a great season. Terry Udley and Charlie Haygood on the call uh, had a great time and I talked to Terry this morning. Uh, The reason why he wasn't able to be here tonight, he's just got a scheduling conflict. That is how it is, uh, especially for play-by-play hosts, which you'll learn soon enough, uh, Joe. That once football's done, <laughs> the see every then you start doing everything, right. <laughs> You know the-, the schedule gets much much more tighter, uh, or much more free it is. But uh, now back over to the commando side of thing. Let's go into Blackman that we saw last week, and uh, I think we were both pretty much on the same side of things on. In that game, the score ends up being 28-14. Commandos lose by by two scores, but momentum was a ping-pong effect. It was really you saw the commandos going down the field early, and then Blackman starting to take the the side of things, getting a couple turnovers. The commandos really giving the ball away a lot. Uh, And just at the end of the game, where the commandos have a chance to drive down the field to tie it up, a fumble happens on Drew Hohenbrink that ends up – turning things over and the momentum was completely gone there for the commandos at the end of that game. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It we talked about it. The game was so much closer than the score. Exactly. Scoreboard, you know. Yeah. Cuz I ju- they just it, Watching the game, it did not look like a twenty-eight to fourteen game. No, you know, Blackman capitalized quick off some you know mistakes by the Commandos, and that ultimately was the deciding factor. Was the Commandos shooting themselves in the foot?
0: Yeah, and it really was. But you know, once again, I mean, we talked about with with the Commandos, it's it. Because you do go to a 5-5, even though you win the region championship, you kind of just feel good that you're there in that second situation. But it still, though, as the outside looking in, you look into that team and what happened, it was very much a controllable game that just got out of control.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It it did, and it happens fast. Yeah. You know, because we were talking, you know, right, you know, it seems like Towards the end of the game, we, we were thinking the commandos, you know, they're going to come away with it. And J.D. Then Bermas, Jordan
0: hits an absolute yeah. bomb of a of a fumble recovery, and, yep. and the energy sw- just all us yeah. of, out of nowhere. But it the fumble, giveth, the fumble, taketh away as well with Drew Hohenbrink on the next drive. Yeah,
1: exactly, and, you know, that that's all you can say about that. that that's the momentum killer. That's really – that was ultimately what ended up in, you know, losing the game, you know, yeah. uh, however you want to see it. That's just how, how I saw it, and – we weren't able to
0: come away. So this is going to be a much more abbreviated edition of the Sumner County Football Coaches Show as we only have one coach in the house with us today. And Let's go ahead and bring up Mr. James Beasley. He uh, uh, had a couple awards uh, for sure, go towards him this week. That we'll talk about as well as the team as a whole uh, getting a ton of awards as well. And and one guy we just mentioned, Drew Hohenbrink, ends up being the MVP of the the region for 6A. Uh, Coach James Beasley, thanks for jumping on with us one last time.
2: Yes, thank you for being here, <laughs> sir. You're welcome. So I'm glad you got a f- uh, finally got a good uh, co-host here I, with you.
0: You, you jump, you beat me to the punch. <laughs> I knew he'd be here if I was here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, First of all, congratulations, Coach of the Year in your second year for the uh, Region 4, or what is it, Region 4-6-A. Uh, how does that feel getting in your second year?
2: Well, it's, you know, it's a coaching staff award, not an individual award for right. me. So, um, yeah, it feels it feels good to get that and to get over that hump over Mount Juliet. And, uh, you know, like I I think I talked on here last time I was on, you know, we just had a resilient group of kids that, had every opportunity to lay down throughout the season with some of the things that, that didn't go our way or I didn't have us prepared for well enough, and they kept fighting, and and um, I'm, I'm extremely proud of them. Uh, uh, 24 seniors we had, um, and then four student athletic trainer seniors as well, and those, those people are important as part of your staff as, uh, in, in football as equally as uh, your players uh, at times because they do a lot for you. Um but I'm so proud of them, the way that they were able to come back and fight through a lot of tough times and play hard and win the region and, you know, really had a chance to win the game uh, in the second round. It's, I don't. That's all you can ask for. I mean, obviously we want to get it done, but we were right there and we had the opportunity to make it and we just couldn't make the plays when we needed to.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Coach. Well, first of all, congratulations on your coaching staff award. Thank I know you. you're a very team guy and that's great. You know, playing for you, learned that. Um, I just wanted to – you know, I wanted to know mentally, so you, you've been a coach for a very long time in Hendersonville. Obviously, you played there. You had great success there. You had great success in college. Mentally, going from a position coach, a coordinator, you were the track coach, the strength coach, and flipping over to the head coach, what's that What's that transition been like for you?
2: Well, it's, you know, it's just a little bit different. You just kind of got to – look at a few things a little bit different and take care of uh a few more things that you didn't have to in the other roles so we can become a little more stressful at times because there's there's more things and coming to do stuff like this right. and having to talk to the interviews uh it but you know all, all that you know most of it's the same still coaching and and i'm still coaching position i like to do that you know i've talked to some guys who we're head coaches and quit coaching a position and they start not to have as much fun when you don't get to do that and don't get that interaction with the kids. So I enjoy doing that. And, um, you know, we got a great staff there. Um, as I know Joe knows personally, most of the guys that are there and, and, um, so just happy to be there. And I I don't know if there's one thing that I can really say to answer your question about how much different it is. It's just, um, just different responsibilities and, and kind of, it can be hard sometimes to um, let go of some things that you wanted to do or that you used to got used to or accustomed to do, and and let somebody else take those things over. So, I'm still working on that, still trying to get better at everything that I do and the way the program is run. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. And I, I was in a, I was fortunate enough to be a volunteer. A few years ago on staff and, and, and it's it really is just you know so much. People don't realize how much goes into being a high school coach. You know, not only do you have the classroom to worry about, but you have all those responsibilities, you know, outside of the classroom. And and not only but I I commented this last week uh, during the game, but you know, we have some of the best facilities around and they're maintained by the coaching staff.
2: That's right. We we do all that stuff up there. Take great pride
1: <laughs> in it too, and you can tell by the way by the way the place looks. It looks great. And I take Great pride in telling people that, you know. I think that's awesome, and and I just wanted to comment on that. No,
0: oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, you have the inside track of all this. That's why we, we brought you on. Right, yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, you know. Through two years now in the second year of over here what have you learned so far at least what did this season teach you that maybe the first season didn't or did you see any kind of differences throughout the season as you as a coach
2: well one thing I learned we need some we need some more players that look like this guy <laughs> wars, right? makes it makes you a little bit better coach when you got some guys like that but um, you know it, I've
0: <laughs> it's hard It's hard yeah. It's. I mean it's, it's hard to, to self-evaluate too I mean that really is a hard thing What she comes to at the end of the season I know it's still fresh in that sense though But self-evaluating whatever it is Is, is a hard challenge Whether you're a football coach You're an analyst You're a chef Whatever it is The end of an arrow End of whatever it is, is Is hard to self-evaluate But I mean just in that grand scheme of things Did you see anything that was different I mean did you see the season differently uh, Compared to your first season?
2: Um, you know, I don't know if I saw a lot of things differently. I, I think, you know, we we maybe improved a little bit more this year than we did the previous year throughout the season. Uh, and we were really good. That's not taken away from the the last year's team. Uh, they were really good, and they are really good from the beginning, and they are ready to go. But they had a little bit more experience playing from the previous year than this year's group did. Um, we had experience in a few positions, but not as much as we had the previous year. So – their improvement throughout the season was just uh, really good, and their willingness to to fight and to listen to their coaches and to do the things that we asked them to do and try to try to do the things that we were asking them to do the best of their ability uh, was one of the best things about uh, this group of kids that we had.
0: So you're losing 24 senior players. Uh, one of them in particular that I want to talk about is uh, I think it's got to be kind of a lifeblood of this team. Just from how we saw the interaction on the field and everything, and that's J.D. Jordan. Oh, yeah. uh, huge momentum boost in that Blackman game. It, at one point, Joe and I called it that it would seem like he was the only one that was consistently every play. That it was only when his head was up, he was pushing everybody else's head up. What's it like to lose a guy like that?
2: There's no doubt we're going to miss J.D. Jordan. I mean, he's just the leader on, on the defensive side of the ball. There's no, no question about it. And he's also able to go in there and play um, on, uh, on, on offense at guard and play on special teams as well. But really his main – Main thing where he was uh, critical for us was at linebacker, at inside linebacker on defense. He made all the calls for us, and and kind of just really took control of the defense. And um, yeah, it's going to be tough to replace that, and we're going to have to find somebody. You know, is the next guy is going to have to step up and be willing to take that role. And we got some other kids that's been waiting and learning and watching and and practicing to try to uh, get ready for their opportunity. And we'll see who steps up to. to to try to take it over. But, yeah, you can't just replace a kid like that with, um you know, one of the greatest things about J.D. was his football IQ was just really, really high. Um, and same with Isaiah Chandler. Those guys just kind of knew, understood things that, you know, most kids don't understand quite as well as they do at, at their age. So um, put um he'd always put himself in a good position, give himself a chance to make the play even, you know, whenever they – we had a call that put us in a tough spot. A lot of times, he was able to cover it up, make it look not as bad because of uh, his effort and his ability to, to know or have an idea of what was going to happen right there. So, yeah, I mean, I wish we had JD coming back for right. one more season. That's for sure.
1: Now, I'm not coach. Not being in the locker room, not being in the weight room at practice with these guys, you can't really talk about their character as far as leadership. When i when I'm about to ask you this question, but from a performance standpoint. I would assume Ellis Ellis would be a guy that you're going to look for on both sides of the ball to be, you know, a leader, obviously, on the field. But how is he off the field? Is he a good kid?
2: Ellis is a, is a great kid off the field. I mean, he's got he's got a great heart. I think a lot of kids like him a lot. Uh, he's, you know, popular type kid. And, um, yeah, he's he's a good kid. And, obviously, he's very talented. I mean, he can do things that uh, most kids can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's evident when watching him play. Right. And uh, so – uh, he can cover a lot of ground quickly on on defense, and that, that's good. And when he sees the hole and, and gets turned up the field, and when he's got the ball in his hands, he's, he can be special. So, yeah, we're looking forward to him, and, and hopefully he matures a little bit because, like I said, he's just a sophomore, so I think all sophomores just about. There's very, very rare that you have a sophomore that's come in and he's mature and he's ready to take on those things, uh, that all those things that come with being such a good player. It's It's tough for him a lot of times, so – Um, But I think he's handled everything well. You know, he played in the last, uh, what, three games, four games last year for us and made a few plays, Um, and then he played in all the games uh, this year. Um, So, yeah, I mean, he's one that uh, we look forward to getting in the weight room. He's playing basketball as well. Um, But we're getting in the weight room, putting on a a little bit more strength, and uh, I think he's going to be a special player.
0: Well, let's talk about your senior quarterback who you're losing. He was named MVP for Region 4-6-A. Uh, how did he, just because he's not here, you're going to have to talk for him, how did he take that award? And then, you know, how was he on his final game as a commando?
2: Well, those awards got released, I guess, over the weekend, so I didn't really get a chance to talk to him about oh, it really? Oh, really? Okay. I figured <laughs> um, y'all were
0: on, like, a call together. I don't know how they released those awards. <laughs> somebody just put them out on the Internet. I, I don't know. <laughs> Coach
1: Hatfield used to be like, hey. You, you won, you know, this award, congratulations.
2: <laughs> and then,
1: then you get right back to your workout.
2: <laughs> oh, man, I remember it. Well, uh, he's just so excited for him. I mean, uh, you know, he's a senior quarterback. But I think part of the reason he ended up winning the MVP of the region was because at the end of the year, the last three or four games and then in the playoffs, he, he started playing a lot on defense. So not only was he able to do the things offensively for us, that he was able to do, lead the team down the field and execute the offense the way that we asked him to and, and make some big plays on the ground uh, as well as through the air. Um, but he, he played great defensively um, at the latter part He's of the, the size season. size he is. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. He, he was a big presence out
1: there. And a guy like that, he, he, may, he doesn't have to make a play every time to make you better. Just his presence out there alone I feel like makes you better and gives you an opportunity to succeed.
2: I don't know what his numbers were, but I'm pretty sure he had he had two or three, four sacks maybe mm-hmm. uh, over the past uh, – the last four games of the year, starting at Rossview. Rossview, yeah. Yep. And, and then, two uh, just in Rossview. <laughs> yeah, and then he had several uh, uh, pressures on on the quarterback as well, and, along with some stops and a couple tackles for loss. So it's just – the way he played at the end of the year, I think, kind of showed that he is deserving of uh, the MVP for the region. So proud of him and happy for him and – uh congratulate him on, on that and a good year for us and leading us to a region championship. He's a big part of that. So. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Well, let's talk about the final game. Let's talk about last week, Blackman, 28-14 uh, 20, uh, final on that one. Uh, what did you see throughout that game uh, for the Commandos as a whole?
2: I saw that uh, we just we, – we didn't play up to our potential in the first half. They pushed us around, and credit to them. I mean, they had the most to do with that than, than we did, but um, we, we – we, didn't play good enough in the first half to win um we got the ball i think the score was seven to seven we had the ball down there deep in their territory and had a fourth down and went for it and and we slipped on the fourth down conversion and and failed to get it you know i think if we don't if we don't slip right there uh we probably pick that up maybe we go up uh 14 to 7 but instead um (laughs)
0: <laughs> Taylor Hooks, former, former commando. I was hoping you just, would
2: laugh. I was about to just lose Just walked,
0: walked inside here. Wow. We have an alumni <laughs> showing up
1: tonight, <laughs> ladies
2: and gentlemen.
0: But uh, uh, so, you, so the fourth so, and one.
2: Yeah. The fourth and one, we fall down, and we, we were not unable to pick that up and and felt like we were going to take the lead right there, and instead they turn around. They bust a big play on us right after that. They go up 14-7. We never could really get any traction going offensively for the rest of the half. Uh, they were able to score one more time. So we go down 21-7 at halftime. Um, and our kids listened. We made a few adjustments to take care of a few things, to sure up some things defensively, especially that we'd given up in the first half. We made a few adjustments offensively to try to move the ball a little bit more effectively in the second half. And, um, you know, kind of an uneventful third quarter, I think, where we were just kind of both punting back and forth. But the defensive adjustments were working. It felt like we had a few opportunities offensively. Um, and then when J.D. made the play, um, stripped the ball, got it down there deep into uh, their territory, we were able to go ahead and score and make it a one-score game at that point. Um, had to go back on defense, got another stop. Mm-hmm. So we get the ball and we're driving down um, the field. We get it past midfield. I think we're at, we were at the plus 40, <clears throat> and that's when we had to turn over and just mm-hmm. all the – I thought we had all the momentum right there I really felt like we were about to go down score and uh, and win the game, and then that play kind of broke broke our backs and and uh, we were unable to recover from that.
0: Well, you know, let's talk about JD George just again. I know we already talked about what he does on the team, but that play specifically was where Joe and I saw the difference. We thought, okay, now this game's winnable because it did seem like for the commandos as a whole. Uh, they kind of looked at the size, and it's just come, once again it's coming from the side. I'm looking at the player, looking at the size of some of these guys they were playing. And when they got down, it was just kind of like it seemed like it was almost insurmountable just by reading body language. Uh, and then that play happens. Do you think? Did you feel the energy shift from the players of okay, these guys aren't robots; these are just yeah, players no like doubt. everybody else.
2: There's no doubt that's what happened. I mean, it, we we were probably a little bit intimidated. They were bigger than us, you know, and just probably more athletic than us from top to bottom. Uh, but it's fine. We've been in those situations throughout this year, and and we've hung in there with teams that probably are bigger and more athletic than us, and and beaten some teams that were bigger and more athletic than us this year. But um, yeah, <clears throat> once that once that play happened, I think our kids believed. We all kind of just the whole the whole atmosphere of the the, the stadium just you just felt like you had everything going your way, and that you were going to be able to get it done, and and just didn't so.
0: Well, uh is there any other thing you had to you want to add on? I have a final question, but I want to make well, sure Go ahead and I'll,
1: I'll I'll pick one out of my bucket. I know he's up not going to
0: answer it though. That's the thing. Oh. We'll see if he answers it. So, is there going to be a QB battle this year? This yeah, coming up year? Absolutely. I'm battle A-B. every day, right? Yeah. <laughs>
2: I think every position we have is up for grabs, but in particular quarterback, you know, uh, we got two quarterbacks, both of them going to be juniors for us. Um, that's Luke number 11 and mm-hmm. and uh, Ryan Oden. Number 12. So both of those two kids, uh, they both do a lot of things really good. Um, and both of them kind of a little bit better at one or the other thing than the other one, I think. So it would be interesting to see. And I think both of them have the opportunity to play, and we'll, we'll see which one of them uh, goes out there and gets it.
0: Now let's talk about the uh, the finalists here for the all-region. Uh, Hendersonville, Logan Spurrier, J.D. Jordan, Brent Rowe, Isaiah Chandler, Ellis Ellis, Trevor Throneberry, and Jacob Newton. What I mean, just about the that group of guys right there were basically ninety percent of our calls, uh, and you're you're losing what you're losing out of that group. You're only losing well, actually two people you're keeping out of that entire group. Right. Uh, just those group of guys. What can you say about one Logan Spurrier and just the rest of that group?
2: Well, uh, Logan, I mean, what what a uh, warrior, you know. I guess I don't I don't know how to describe him, but a tough kid, and you know, you definitely would uh, take him in a foxhole next to you if you got in that situation um, you know battled injury early in the year couldn't play to start the season I know that was tough for him but you know he stayed in mentally and came to practice and watched and when he finally got better he's able to go out there and, and I think uh, Joe mentioned it early but he, he was an impact player on both sides of the ball um, right when he came back he was he was doing uh, probably better defensively but then as the season went on, he kind of came on offensively and was able to do both things uh, excellent for us. So
0: Joe says that was the best uh, – what was it? You thought he was the best at running the sweep.
2: I, he, it, I felt like I was watching David Pretty
1: run sweep. You know what I mean? Like he just was so patient and he just would cut at the perfect time. And right. He just always had good positive yards off a of sweep. Yes. And I thought he ran it better than anybody we had in the backfield.
2: Yeah, so he he, he definitely ran, ran it well and, and did a good job and – um, we, we we were fortunate this year to be able to give the ball to multiple. I think we had about 3,000 yards rushing for the season, and I think our leading rusher was Isaiah mm-hmm. Chandler. He was our leading rusher and receiver, I believe. Uh, an excellent year for him, too, because um, he could play just about anywhere that we put him on offense and defense. Uh, we ended up playing him a little bit linebacker in the last two games of the year, and he did a, a really good job there where he's usually been in the secondary for us. But um, I think he was our leading rusher, and he had – around 600 yards so mm. that means like a lot of people were running the ball yeah we had a lot of guys that were able to get a lot of positive yards because if he only had 600 of those 3,000, we had you know logan got a bunch drew had a bunch um the love was being shared yeah brent uh all them guys yeah. got this got to carry the football so um and they all had to block for each other as well so that's just excellent job and logan did an excellent job blocking as as well as isaiah did and I'm proud of all of them that uh, were on that list. You know, Trevor was our center. We're going to miss yeah. him, obviously. Can't do it without the O-line. And um, played, <laughs> played defensive line for us as well. So, uh, that's a big loss. And, um, you know, just just really proud of those guys for the way they played and for able to be in uh, winning uh, all-region award winners right there.
0: Besides Brent Rowe and Stafford, you lose majority of your backfield to senior class. Is there any guys that are coming up besides those two names that you're looking at as being that that next Isaiah Chandler, that next uh, Logan Spry, any of those guys?
2: Well, we got Ellis.
0: Oh, and Ellis Ellis. Yeah. I forgot about Ellis. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We got. Uh, you know,
2: Torne. Roe Ro is coming back. Roe's coming back. Oh wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought he was a senior for some reason. That's great news. He's a junior. Correct. Wow. Yeah. That's
2: yeah. awesome. That. That's great for yeah. both sides of the football. Right. <laughs> we got uh, Torn Baker, played a little bit mm. um, for us, got in there, and uh, we're looking forward to him. Um, David Johnson mm. played some. A lot uh, of kick returns. Yeah. Got so, obviously, that's yep. a big
0: play on that. Almost took a couple back.
2: Yep. Uh, Station Camp, he almost had one mm-hmm. that, that went all the way back. Uh, but he had a couple other good ones, played a little bit at corner for us. So, both of, the, both of those two guys being there and, um, you know, looking forward to see how they can do. At the ball, and then we got uh, uh, Noah Carmine coming, and um, we got uh, moving up from the freshman, um, Steven Mack. He had a big year, and uh, his brothers on the varsity team last year. So that's uh, Stevie Mack. So um, going to have a tenth grader, Steven Mack, that that was a really really good player for our freshman team. Um, looking forward to see what he's going to be able to do whenever he gets up up there. So. Yeah, I think we we got a lot of question marks, but we got a lot of guys that um, just got to figure out who's going to fill in for those question marks there. Well, you got
0: a lot of time for the question marks to come up. Uh, One last thing before we get you out of here. Do you want to say anything to the supporters of the commandos this season uh, live while they can all see you and everything? All the crowd. I mean, it was a great crowd that came out, uh, Blackman, even though it was bitter cold.
2: I just want to say thank you for all the support from everybody in the community and, uh, you know, from our school, students, teachers, parents, and, uh, you know, the community just in general. appreciate it, and hopefully um, we look forward to having you all back out there next fall.
0: Absolutely. It takes a village. Takes a village. Everything yeah. that goes on there. Looking on forward to being
2: back out there, right, Zach? Yeah, exactly. That's We're right. going to be, we'll be back, there. We'll coach. be back there
0: next year. We'll and uh, uh It should be a fun time. And coach, thank you so much for coming on the show you all welcome. through the season, and obviously coming on today. And I know your stakes over there, so go ahead and go on. Okay. Right. Thanks so much, thank coach. You. Thanks, coach. Congrats, coach James Beasley. His final time. As you hear the crowd roaring, getting up for with him, coach James Beasley. <laughs> uh, but uh, so now, Joe, it's just you and I. And one last thing, I want to talk about outside of Hendersonville. Uh, was that there was a uh, – from on here in our WHI, WHIN radio network and our uh, Sumner County area, we had two guys go up for Mr. Football Awards. I don't think that's been voted on yet fully. But uh, Spencer Briggs out of Gallatin, the running back for Gallatin that we saw in that Hendersonville Commandos game. who basically took over the entire game for that Gallatin offense. And then Jay Sean Parks, another guy that we saw up against over there at Beach. Uh, to those two guys, congratulations on just being nominated. What's yeah, that absolutely. like, just being nominated for that? I,
1: I don't know. You don't <laughs> I wasn't nominated for this Football, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I'll tell you what, those two guys are good players, and uh, that's great for Sumner County. That's absolutely. Great. That's great.
0: Yeah, just to get mentioned in that, so absolutely. hopefully they get a chance to win that. But that Going to do it for us Joe So how was your Let's just take your How was your first season as a co- I asked you this At the end of the it game It was good
1: I enjoyed it You know yeah. I got a I had to, a few kinks I had to adjust there. I had to, <laughs> it you was know, great. get away from the podcast mentality and the uh, more of the radio professionalism. You know? Right. <laughs> so, but uh, other than that, man, I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to being back with you next year.
0: Absolutely, we're going to do it all again next year, and we'll be doing the Sumner County Coaches Show podcast here. Uh, don't uh, you know we're doing it here at Demas's right now? So remember one last time, we'd like to thank Demas's for hosting us here and dealing with us every Wednesday night as they have uh, for what are we twelve weeks now? I guess we're into yep. this. This will be the final one here on WHIN. We will see you all next year, and once again, thank you so much not only to uh, uh, Susie Taylor, our executive producer for this, as well as uh, she does everything you don't see behind the camera for us. She takes care of everything here at Demas's, and then uh, Greg Arias is always being a part of this, and then Joe obviously jumping on here in the last in the last one. But I appreciate t- it. Thanks to all the uh, anybody who was one of our listeners. I mean, we had. Last week, just between Joe and I on our Hendersonville game for 127, we had over almost 5,000 people that were listening on that one total. And so uh, thank you to anybody who was a part of that, anybody who shared, liked anything. We really appreciate it. Some rough numbers, Joe. This is just – we're going to put out a press release about this, but this whole season for WHIN, we hit over about 130,000 people. That uh, that watched, listen, engaged with our football season awesome. as a whole. So that is huge, uh, and we're going to keep it going next year. So once again, thank you for um, everybody for Joe Townsend, Greg Arias, and all the WHI and staff. We will see you next time, and thank you to Demas. More importantly, yes, thank you and Demas. their fresh menu. You can get come on down here. Just come on and check out their menu if you haven't got down here recently. I mean, this is a hot spot. I'm about to check it, it out. Yeah, <laughs> Joe's, about do some damage. Joe's about to do some damage. So we thank you so much for everybody at WHI, and I'm Zach Williams. We will see you guys next next time right here on WHIN Radio.